Welcome to the Progress with Unity Sunday podcast. Fresh off the back of a 1-0 win over AFC Wimbledon, we're also going to be looking forward to a bit of pizza on Tuesday night, semi-final against Sutton United with a possibility of a trip to Wembley. How exciting does that sound, Adam Paul? Very exciting. Don't do pineapple on pizzas. No, not at all. It sounds good, doesn't it? It's been longer than we think since we went to Wembley. You know, it was almost second home, wasn't it? But it's been a while. First things first, we're going to have it one. AFC Wimbledon, nil. Again, what really should have finished with a, a more weightier scoreline in favour of the Latics. Will Keane's 21st minute goal just separated the sides, but we had enough chances to have had the game finished, perhaps for half time. Definitely two or three efforts in the second half as well where we should have put to bed the game, but we didn't. And But Will Keane's goal, was he offside? Honestly, don't know. Didn't look. Didn't even look for it on the replay. By the time you're looking at the replay, it's irrelevant, isn't it? Yeah. We had two players barreling in trying to pick up the pieces. Yeah. There was a number of... Like, like you say, the goal line scramble, how we didn't score, I don't know, because their defenders were stood, just stood watching, waiting for the ball to come to them to clear it. Yeah, it's, it, it, it was like Tuesday. Should have been far more comfortable than it was, but actually, when you think about it, it was never really in doubt, was it? Uh, it did look to me like uh, I watched the highlights on Quest and they did pay particular attention to it. I think if you'd have had a VAR, I think he might have been marginally, marginally, by the smallest margin offside. But it was hard to tell because of the angle uh, that they showed on Quest. It wasn't the looking across angle. It's hard to tell, but I would say there was at least a chance that he was offside. But at the end of the day, linesman didn't give it. Only t- we've had at least two or three goals ruled out this season when they shouldn't have been. So we may as well take one, a bonus one, haven't we? My point of view is, no, it wasn't offside because... They kicked off from the uh, centre circle, which signified that we'd gone 1-0 up and that, that'll do. I mean, <laughs> the, the officials on Saturday, I don't say so much to the referee because, I mean, I wasn't expecting anything from Oliver Langford with his previous performances at the last six, but I thought he didn't do too badly. Lying all over on the west side, uh, again, was a bit of a shocker with the one or two incidents that went on. There was one offside in the first half where he was at least five yards offside the Wimbledon player and the flag didn't go up and it was disbelief around the ground. But there we go. So, yeah, like Adam says, we take it. I think you're right with the ref. We're expecting another horrendous show and he wasn't that bad, was he? He wasn't for a change. Thinking of performances, I thought Humphreys had a good game leading the line again. We was debating whether he'd play or not, weren't we? If it was a cut or a bit of concussion what he picked up on Tuesday night against Fleetwood, but couldn't have been concussion because he was out there. Neil, Keane, what more? Bennett, I have to give a special shout-out to you. Tom Bayliss, thought he was superb. Coming in for the unfortunates, Rhea, who uh, lasted, how long did he last? About five minutes. Yeah, not long at all. was uh, quite unlucky, wasn't it? Because he didn't look too bad in that 10 minutes that he played. You've got an enforced change, which obviously came back to bite us later on as well. He left the ground on, on crutches, so I don't know what it was. It looked like his knee to me. I don't think there's too much to say about this game, really, because I think we, we sort of made hard work of it, but we did what we needed to do by getting the, the three points. I think it was doubly important with MK Dons winning at Rotherham. If we, this would have been the banana skin and would have slipped up, we could have found ourselves with uh, MK Dons breathing down our necks, especially as they play Tuesday night as well. They could have actually gone into the next Saturday's game in a very strong position playing against us. Like, the suspended player then, 
because I think it was just a, I think it was just a, a denying a goal scoring opportunity. So you only get one match, so that the suspended player won't miss the Wigan game now. No, but it was the centre half, and they're coming up against uh, Cheltenham Town, and a very much in form Alfie May. So maybe they will miss him in that game, and that could a bit could be a bit of undoing. The stats from the game for us: we had forty nine percent of possession, twenty two attempts at goal with nine on target. Wimbledon had. Eight with three. We committed 14 fouls to Wimbledon's 15. There were two yellows in the game, both to Atlantics. Tom Naylor and Guion Edwards. I like Edwards because he's got a bit of nastiness in in him, hasn't he? He picks these bookings up and that. He he does have that little bit of fire in his belly. He got the sending off, didn't he, as well, at uh, at Stoke a few weeks ago in the Cup. Possession seems very odd for a, a Wigan side against a side near the bottom, who I would have thought were a more direct side. So, uh, yeah, there was a period in the game where we kept the ball for about three, three or four minutes, and must have strung about fifty passes together. They did tend to knock it about a bit. They didn't have a big lump up front, did they? Nine thousand seven hundred and eighty supporters with three hundred and seven away fans. A very healthy home attendance. And I think most of the people who were there descended into the beer festival after the game as well, which was great to see. Some Wimbledon fans in as well, so I had a chat with a couple of them. Man of the match. Man of the match was voted for by the listeners on both Twitter and Facebook. was Tom Bayliss. Excellent stuff for him coming in out the cold. He's not even been on the bench, has he, recently? He's coming Uh, out the cold and put in a really good performance. You can't argue, but I think there was two or three others in there that you couldn't have argued if they'd have got it as well. Yeah, I thought um, Naylor again. Naylor's. Well, as usual, Stevie Humphreys was, was very good, as you said. Jack Watt. We had three, that means yeah. we had three. Do we have three Toms on at the end of the game at the same time? Tom Naylor. Tom Pierce. Tom, Tom Bayliss. Mm. Poor Maxi as well. He's, he's broken finger with the board sticking out. Well, we saw him go down. I don't know, it didn't seem like an emergency, but there's a little bit of excitement around him, weren't there? And, you know, they run on and and, the, and then he went off carrying his... It was, I thought, in all seriousness, I thought he dislocated his shoulder the way he went off. <laughs> well, well the, the reporter on uh, Radio Bolton uh, said it was a groin strain, so I don't know where he did his anatomy. Oh, they can stay with Radio Bolton if they're going to be that good. Yeah, he, um, also, yeah. he also said he'd been dismissed and then changed it yeah. to injured. You know, you know, you just see somebody holding their. Um, he was holding like his upper arm, like like he was holding his shoulder. Um, at some point during the game, obviously he just took a bang and he was rubbing it or something like that. And I thought that was like what it was. But he posted the pictures afterwards, didn't he, of himself sat there rather spaced out. Best wishes, Maxie, on a speedy recovery, and we might see you Tuesday because you know what he's like. You can't you can't keep him down, can you? No, well, he's always got his finger on the pulse. To be fair, it is a, an injury that is absolutely unrelated to his ability to play. But you know, would you risk it to make it worse? Or I don't think he'll play Tuesday, but it'll cut his long throws down, won't it? You know, he might still play Saturday if we're in some sort of a brace and well strapped up. I'd expect him to to play Saturday. Right then, straight into uh, what is turning into really a, an exciting week on Tuesday evening. We've got the semi-final of the Papa John Pizza Trophy being played at the DW Stadium between ourselves and Sutton United, a club we've never played before in any competition. I was trying to think of a link between us and them. The only one I could think of was uh, Paul Rogers, who actually scored the winning goal at Wembley in this particular competition for Wigan Athletic. 
Yes, absolutely. 99 final. And the Cal Bradshaw pulled his shorts down at the end. Was Dave Wheelers to the side of him when he did that? I think he will, weren't he? Paul Rogers, who's still revered down in Sutton for his performance in the game against Coventry City in the FA Cup, which we're going to find out about in a little moment in time, because this morning I've spoken to a great fella, a Sutton United fan since he was 14, 35 years. So that puts him at 49. You can tell I used to teach maths, can't you? Mike, he runs the Sutton podcast, and you'll find him on Twitter, amongst other places. So uh, anyway, let's have a listen to to what Mike had to say. My name's Mike Dowling. Um, I do the Sutton United Talk Time on podcasts, uh, or the Sutton podcast for short. This is probably one of the only shows I get to say this on because yours is quite a long title as well. Most time I just go, yeah, it's the Sutton podcast. <laughs> I've supported Sutton for 33 years. A lot of that time, unfortunately, was I was working in retail. So I only got to like midweek or every now and then games. My favourite story is obviously Coventry match. I'd only started supporting the club from October previous. So as a naive 14-year-old, I was like, oh, do you know what? I won't get a ticket for that. I'll let the proper true supporters get the tickets for that game. And I'll go to the next big game. And it was 30 years before the next big game against Arsenal. And even then, tickets were sold really, really quickly. And there was a worry that as I was in the queue that they were going to run out before I got there. Um, but no, luckily I got, I got to see that game. Um, but yeah, I, I go to... All well, more or less all the home games apart from any illness like I had recently with COVID, and I had a big sulk about that. A smattering of away games, not not a huge amount, but I'm definitely definitely making a trip for a semi final place at Wembley at stake and be up there on Tuesday. The season so far has been asked lots of times: Is it beyond your wildest dreams? No, because we didn't know we could have these kind of dreams, and we've always set ourselves up to be the best non-league club we ever could be. And very early this season, one of our fans coined the phrase of bringing non-league to the Football League. Strangely, going into the season, looking at what had happened to clubs before and clubs that came down, I actually thought, well, if we can keep our players together, we're going to be OK. But by OK, I meant late teens, 20th and lower half of the table. Opening day of the season, we pushed Forest Green, who were one of the favourites at the time, really, really, um, the whole match. And unfortunately, it was a a little error and a last minute goal that got them the win. All of our early games were quite close and we could have nipped a point or nicked a win, but they just didn't fall for us. The Oldham game was the most depressing because we were winning until like the 85th minute, I think it was. And then you could see all the players having this little moment of we're about to get our first win in the EFL. And then we all just dropped back and then they scored two goals. So it was a bit of a kick in the teeth. But the performances were there, even though the results weren't. And then, um, yeah, it's just started to kick on. And it's, well, we should have done this years ago if we knew it was this easy. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's, it's been an amazing season. And it's all credit to that the manager will always deflect it and say the backroom staff and the players. But it's, it's, a, it's a massively joint effort. I think if you took potentially one element out, it may not work as well. Everything is working in the right direction. And they're just... Uh, Huge, hugely motivated bunch, and they, they literally run through brick walls for the manager. Obviously, it's all brand new and shiny to us, so we're very excited about everything. We did know there was a bit of criticism of the tournament, and a lot of people don't like it because of the the sort of the, the kids playing in it and whatnot. So there was a few not sure. <laughs> then we heard about the prize money, 
available and suddenly all of us older Sutton fans I'd rub my hands together going yeah yeah we really like this competition we'll have a piece of this a piece of this uh-huh. it was the, the Crystal Palace match actually that we we got off I think our first win of the season which kind of gave a little bit of belief and we were doing well we we don't have a huge squad so there was rotation there was an opportunity as Matt said many times to give the players a chance to um, get minutes None of the squad or anyone that you that we would say, oh, well, that's a second-class player. Everyone that comes in will do a job for us. I didn't go to the Portsmouth game because it was still, as I say, quite... We didn't think we could do very well in the competition because there's big clubs in there. But all the other games uh, being at home, I've been to bar the Harrogate quarterfinal because I had a ticket and then I had a lovely double line so I wasn't allowed out of the house. So um, I had to watch that one. Yeah, we've done really, really well. Really enjoyed it. Um, I did jump on the bandwagon a little bit earlier than some of the other people. Um, but now everyone is fully on this bandwagon and um, hopefully we've got one more stop after, after you guys. If you were to just go through um, the match reports and the manager's comments of the games we've lost, we are a bunch of hobnailed thugs who will just kick you out of the ground and stamp on your broken bones. Um, but we're not. We, we're big. Sorry if any of the boys listening to this. Big, ugly side. Um, very physical. But we know how to play. And they'll mix it up. There's, there's a thing that we kick and rush. We're, we're not. We're effective. We don't mess around with the ball. We, we know we're not Manchester City to pass it around 74 times to have a shot on target. We'll get the ball moving quickly as possible. Um, but we've got some very skillful players. And um, if you watch a few of the goals from recent games you'll see that it is absolutely not kick and rush we're not too embarrassed to go get it forward as quickly as possible because we want it away from our goal and near the opponent's goal we've not been to Wembley under this chairman so it was quite early in the season the manager had said this is a competition we could get to Wembley on so it's it's a definite target we would literally love to just get I mean we've not been there you guys have been there fairly recently I I I, my my stag do I'd planned it out around the FA Cup final day when you guys were in the final so I know that you guys have been there fairly recently so you can give someone else a turn but the the players to look out for is sounds like a cop-out but this is this is a team it's David Adjaboy has great success he is one of those players that when he gets on the ball you can just feel the whole stadium kind of just getting onto the edge of their seats because he will run past players he will run round them and run past them again and he's just really really good and people have been doubling up on him but what's happening there is if the last couple of games pretty much all of our goals have come down the other side um, so him being double marked helps us in other ways but he still beats his men as well so David Atterboy has had a great season uh, but then you've got Rob playing at right back who's 400 years old um, still running around everywhere um, you've got Craig Eastmond in the middle, who's been with us for a few years. Um, he's always been a good player, but then as soon as we started playing league football, you could suddenly just look and go, well, he's, he's actually stepped it up a level again. Um, we've got Harry Buteman back, who has football league experience. He came to us. He's been injured this season, um, and he's literally just coming back from injury, so he's buzzing around the place. We've got great keeper, just great central defenders. Every, everywhere, there's a threat, and everyone knows their job and can do their job, so... I'd love to be able to point out, oh yeah, look out for this one. But genuinely, it's it's from all over the pitch. But I think we'll have our strongest available team out. 
I've said I think we'll nick it late because we've got a, a, a little bit of a, a history scoring some late goals. So I'm going to go for an exciting game and go for a, a two three to us. Hopefully a good game and we'll make a good account of ourselves. One of the players I was looking forward to see was um, was James McLean and he got sent off. But then I'm not sure if the suspension counts for this game or not. Well, thanks, mate. That was uh, really interesting. And I think it's fair to say that Sutton United are excited about this competition. I was interested in him saying about his um, missing that first big game because it was in his like early supporting time. Obviously, my daughter's in her first season. Can't wait to get to Wembley. She, she won't be missing if she gets a chance. Hey, Barry. I've just thought of another link. Terrell Thomas. Of course. 2017-2018, he was with us, if you, if you recall, under the in, in the... Uh, title winning season but he only played three games for us uh, he played Indeed. 19 games in the same season for Sutton United and scores one goal so he links the clubs very well didn't he correct me if I'm wrong didn't he skip of the team that played Accrington Stanley in the EFL trophy yes you're right absolutely spot on Thank you. Yeah, he was the all. I think he was the only what you class as first team player in the game that we lost four 0 Latics under twelves against Accrington's first team with yeah, Terrell 20, Thomas, twenty one year old Terrell Thomas skipped up. Yeah, yeah, oh. you're right. Yeah, ref watch for Tuesday night. The referee will be James Bell from Sheffield this season, being his second as a National League referee. And this will be James Bell's third game referee in Latics. Having previously refed our away win at Oxford this season, booking Dariqua, Watmole, Power, Naylor and McLean, he was also in charge of the goal of straw at the DW with Bristol Rollers last season. James Bell's been in charge of one Sutton game this season, their 1-1 home draw with Forest Green Rovers in February. James Bell's card watch for the 21-22 season is 34 games, 105 yellows, 3 reds and 9 penalties. So he's not shy of giving out a penalty. That's James Bell from Sheffield, who will be your referee on Tuesday night against Sutton United. Pizza form is that Sutton United actually won their group with three wins from three. That was wins over Pompey, Crystal Palace and AFC Wimbledon. They scored six goals, zero conceded. They then beat Stevenage 4-3 on penalties after a goalless draw. They beat Colchester 2-1, which was the only goal that they've conceded in the competition so far. And a battle of the relatively recent non-league sides, they came out 1-0 winners over Harrogate. They're in a fantastic position in the league table, given this is their first season in the EFL. They are third with 57 points from 34 games, and they've won the last two games, Saturday beating Rochdale by three goals to nil. In the 16 away games so far this season, Sutton have taken 20 points, five wins, six defeats and five draws, 22 goals for and 24 against. They won on Saturday, as I've just alluded to, 3-0, a very impressive win over Rochdale. Uh, They're on a run of just one defeat in 16 games, which was away at the also-informed Bristol Rovers. In terms of goal scorers, they've been very well spread out this season. Top scorers only got seven, but they've actually got eight players who've scored five goals uh, or more, which is uh, which is great. And it's David Adjiboe, who is the top scorer with seven goals. He's also assisted four. So that's your preview 
against Sutton United. Hopefully, they will not be known for this game and they will still be known for their famous victory over Coventry back in 1989. Back to Barry. So, I mean, it's a difficult game to predict, really, isn't it? I think the first thing that we need to be predicting is what sort of team we're going to be putting out. And Mike was said he, he was looking forward to watching James McLean play because... Obviously, they come from non-league and he's, they're excited about playing uh, a team with some quality players, with McLean being a, a Republic of Ireland international. And he thought he was suspended for this game, but obviously the suspension only carries in league matches. And I think there's a possibility that James McLean will play because if nothing else, it keeps him ticking over, doesn't it? Because he's out for three games. And you think about our other suspended players, Dariqua and Shinne. I can definitely see Shinny starting this game as well because he's not had much game time. And when he's come on, he came on at Sheffield Wednesday in and he came on another substitute appearance. He looks a little bit rusty. I thought in his last game where he did pick the booking up, he looked quite decent. But he's, for me, he's looked a bit rusty. So I think it'll be a good game for for all three of our, our suspended players to play. I'm sure it was Ariqua will probably feature. Jamie Jones in goals, would you go along with that? Definitely, yeah. So it's just then trying to work out who's, who's fitting in the young lads in it, whether Long's fit and Carragher's fit. Is Carragher going to come in? Are we going to play Watts in there to give us a little bit of experience and quality in the defence as well? I think Watts will play for me. I think he'll be one of them. I suspect they'll want to wrap Tilt and uh, Watmore up in Cotton Wool because I don't know if Kerr's got a bit of an injury as well. Maybe Watts and Carragher perhaps or Long I think they've both done okay in this competition possibly Tom Pierce at left back to give him a bit more game time you know he's only played 20 minutes I think Derica will be right back then I think midfield as you said Barry Shinny will be in the Bayless potentially I think that will depend on where he is in his fitness and his minutes do we need him do we need more minutes in him ahead of the Milton Keynes games because I think he's going to play there I think McGuinness is going to play, isn't he? I would think he's not started for a couple of games, so I think he'll be your main striker. And it's just the three who were the three players behind, possibly maybe McLean, Massey, possibly Edwards, you know, because obviously the Edwards has sat in that little gap just behind, or he could throw in a a Chris C, uh, that type of you know, we've we've played before. What's the other guy? Costello, yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's some options from our younger players there and I'd like to see a couple of them get game time if possible. But yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be relatively strong and I think I think it'll be skewed a little bit, like you said, Barry, because three of our players are suspended for the league games and I wouldn't have thought any of those three players would have played in ordinary circumstances. So theoretically, that strengthens us, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Well, with that in mind, I know Mike's gone for a 3-2 away win, and I said to him that I thought it would be very tight and depending on what team we, we put out. So I, I, I thought if if we throw the kids out, I think they'll be too strong for us, physically too strong, that's what I'm thinking, because they're a big set, and I think they beat the kids. But, do you know, I think Talal's probably saying, I want to go to Wembley. I want a day out at Wembley. So that might influence a little bit the team, the strength of the team, and rather than going... Like he did against Arsenal with all the, you know, that was that was the reserve side, weren't it? So I think I think we it'll be half and half this. It's that centre half purring for me. I just don't know which way that's gonna go. Is it gonna go Carragher and Long or is it is it gonna be Carragher and, and what's like you say? Yeah, I I'd probably go Carragher and, and uh 
long and put what's on the bench as a bit of cover and have a bit of faith in them. But we've also got a player that we've not mentioned, uh, Robinson at left back, you know, who could do a job all day long, couldn't he? And Harry McHugh in midfield as well is another one. Yeah, but obviously uh, the, the match winner from the... Uh... Previous round as well, of course. Yeah, Devin Beningame, yeah. Came on as a, a really good impact sub, didn't he? And he might, you know, I'd like to see him used in that way again. With that in mind, I'm going to go for, I do think they'll score off a set piece. I think it'll finish, very tempted to say one of piece and penalties then, but I, I couldn't stand that drama. I'll go for 2-1 Latics. I think between the two of you, you've taught just about every option possible there. I absolutely concur with you, Barry, and I think it'll be half and half. The young lads have got us to this stage. It's only fair to keep some of them in. I don't think we'll be in danger of the, you must play a full-strength squad, because like you say, there's enough players suspended from the league team that you might want minutes in. And it is just going to be that balance of, do you give players minutes to tick them over, or do you give them a rest to keep them fresh? There are a massive number of options there, all of which will be perfectly valid. And if you win the game, you're going to say, Liam Richardson's a genius. If we get knocked out, you're going to say, oh, we should have done this. But that said, I think we will win the game. I think we will be declaring once again, Liam Richardson's a genius. And I think we'll go through 3-1. I think being at the DW will make a difference. I think Sutton are a lot better at home than they are away. As we said earlier, they've only played one away game in this competition, whereas we've played quite a few away games in the competition. I think they'll score as well. I can see us maybe getting getting 2-0 up. They get, they get one back, gets exciting for a bit, and then we kill them on the break later on. So I'm going to go for a 3-1 Wigan win. Very excited. I've never been this excited since I had first tried pineapple on pizza. That was very fulfilling as well. Tuesday evening, there's a few games knocking around. A very important one as well, as far as we're concerned. League One, Crew Alexander v Portsmouth, Ipswich v Lincoln, MK Dons play Cheltenham, Plymouth, Wimbledon, Sunderland, Fleetwood, and Bolton, Markham. The MK Dons and Cheltenham game, if MK Dons win that, they'll go level on points with us, so we know the significance. So, come on, the Robins. Is all I can say. And I hope Alfie May has a stormer. The second semi final, which is of interest to us, hopefully, is Rotherham uh, and Hartlepool, which is played at Hartlepool, and that's on Wednesday evening. Who's excited for some pizza? I love a 12 incher. I am if you're going to put chicken, sweet corn, mushrooms, and barbecue sauce on it rather than bloody pineapple. I love a 12 incher, mighty meaty. With that in mind, Let's go for a pizza, the action, and we'll see you all down there on Tuesday. And hopefully we'll welcome him, Mike, but sending him away happy, but a little bit disappointed because yeah. they didn't progress. I always stuff crossed them. They're getting a bit cheesy, these jokes. With that in mind, it's uh, up the ticks. Up the ticks. Up the ticks. Up the ticks.